We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Maverick Mavs Party. My name is Kirk Henderson. As you probably know, I'm editor in chief over MavsMoneyBall.com and I run this show with Josh Bowe, but he is taking the night off here. Uh, this is our fan participation show where if you want to come up on the show here and talk a little basketball with me, now's the time to do so. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 144 to 1. 16 it was a ridiculously entertaining show in my opinion uh in the sense where the mavericks just destroyed the clippers in the second quarter in a way that i haven't seen in a long long time um we're having a lot of fun here talking uh basketball because it's the mavericks have gotten off to a absurdly good eight and two start I'm trying to figure out how to send a couple of my friends the show, so that's why I keep looking down at my phone. But in the meantime, I'm going to be joined here by my guy, Krishna. Krishna always closes the show for us because he joins the show late, uh, but now he's here early, so we're going to let him uh, fire off some of his takes. Krishna, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Kirk, how are you? I am <clears> really <throat> good. What's going on? That's good. It's good. I This is one of the weirdest games to have missed. I feel horrible. I missed. You like, missed the game? I missed like the first quarter, two quarters. I you came missed, through like half the, the explosion. Third. Okay. I missed the fine. explosion. So like yeah. I saw the first like three minutes and I was like, this is going to be a long, long day where it was like, it was like eight, three or like 15 and 15, nine. And I was like, this is going to be a long game. And then I came back after seven, two, maybe I don't really remember what it was, but I was just thinking this is going to be long. And then. I came back to the third and I saw the halftime score. It was like 77 to 52. And I went, I, I don't know what happened, but I guess Derek Lively happened. And look, if you look at the box score, his, his stat line isn't great, but you can see the impact this guy has like just, 
he is the rim presence this team has not had since Tyson Chandler easily. And I think back to all the offseason conversation, you need, you, we need to get a starting center. We need someone more experienced. And I don't think any of that talk was wrong in that moment, but I'm very glad that Derek Lively has disproved that talk that we need sure. a starting caliber center. And that now you're just re- realistically, you're just looking at someone who's capable of filling in if, you know, or a Toronto situation happens. And I think that's positive that we're not so far. A lot of the things that this Mavs roster needs help on, I don't think are impossible things to get or things that compromise the future in a way, or it's some of it is just inner development, right? Like I, I think that's the positive you take away from a blowout win, which that's a miracle. It looked like it was not going to be a blowout at the end, but you know what? Fairs, fairs for that. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, lively, played a pretty impactful game. I think the guy who really <clears throat> kicked the fires was was Kyrie Irving, who uh, yes. really shot the lights out from three and sort of helped blow the game open, pressing the, you know, pressing at the right points to to kind of bring things uh, to to a good start. It was it was a lot of fun to to watch Kyrie finally have a game early where he's had moments like two to three minute stretches where he looked brilliant. But this was the the longest that he looked amazing this season. I was I was really delighted for him. Uh, but you're you're right about Lively. Um, it, the Mavericks once again got smoked points in the paint, gave up sixty two. But there's just elements of him being huge that helped out in ways that hadn't happened uh, in that Raptors game, and you could just see how much they missed him. I mean, forty two of those were in the second half when right. the game was just non competitive, sure. which I think you know that's still not great. But it shows, and I think, yeah, you're you're completely right, right? It's something you talked about in the offseason. You want Kyrie to be the guy that start, starts the game hot and Luka just bludgeons you to death in the final minutes. And that's that's kind of what this was, almost in a sense. I think a little bit earlier in the bludgeoning where Luka kind of did it in the, in the second sure. quarter. But it, it's kind of what you talked about. And I think, you know, I would, be, I would have been more concerned for Kyrie if the guy wasn't this experienced at this level and – if it if it didn't feel like he wasn't if it felt like really bad right like sure. he had had spurts and moments and i think especially in the fourth quarters of games where it felt like okay he can he's still scoring right it just feels like he hasn't been as aggressive as he could be and like you pointed out he was just aggressive in the first quarter and aggressive in the moments he needed to be which is kind of what you want right and i think it's a game where your two superstars yes scored 60 but it's a game where they scored 60 and you didn't feel like uh, you didn't feel despair, right? You felt like, Oh, cool. They scored 60, right? Well, and there's, that was- there's earnestly a lot of room for growth for Kyrie because I looked at, I just went and looked at his game log. <clears throat> he has one game this year where he shot more than 50% from the field. The hallmark of Kyrie Irving's game that isn't discussed often enough is his efficiency. He is an efficient scorer from the field. His true shooting percentage last year with Luca during that 25 or so game stretch was the highest it's been. If that like if you extrapolate that over the course of the year, it would have been the highest it's been for his entire career um in, in a in a given season. And so it's just I I still feel that there's a lot of um growth points for Kyrie to hit in the scoring mark. And and that should make everybody else really afraid because he played a good he played a very good game tonight, but I still think he has room to improve. I think that's kind of something you could say for most of this team, right? Sure. It feels like we haven't had a game really where everything clicked. It's felt like this has clicked and that has clicked. 
And I, I don't think that's going to happen, right? I don't think there's any team, no team, even the team that wins the championship. They don't have, you know, a stretch where just everything is clicking. But you kind of have stretches where you you feel like, oh, most of it is good. Like, I, I, I you know, you know me. I'm a huge Josh Green fan. But I would say the biggest negative from this game is Josh Green. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, that's the one negative you can say I don't think is is something I don't think we could have thought about, right? No. And, and, like, it, and even him – Josh Bow and I really kind of went in on him, but it's more of a like, it's not that he's bad in so much as he looks lost. And so I think, I think given how long the NBA season is, he's going to be just fine just because they're going to need him at some point. And, and if he plays, you know, a big stretch of minutes, I think he's eventually going to figure out his role. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's easy to forget he is 22, right? Sure. That's pretty young in NBA players development. I think 20, that's like, 23 in a week though, but yes, you're still right. Yeah. He's yeah. Not, he's not 27. He's not 20. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If this was like, you're saying, yeah. Like if this was, if he was Derek Jones jr's age, right. Mm-hmm. And he was performing like this, I'd say, Oh, that's concerning. Um, and I don't think it's like, people are worried like, Oh, does it diminish his value trade? I don't think so. I think a team would like on a contract that low risk in terms of, his age and stuff. Like if you had to trade him, I don't think it would kill that. So really, I'm not worried. And even some of the OMAC stuff, like he was rough, um, but it's kind of second what I think it is. I think he has the skills defensively to play at this level. It's just his offensive game. It's not there yet. And and the one thing I've trusted with this coaching, coaching staff, even going into the season was they've done a really good job just developing young guys. Like I think a lot of us were frustrated last season with Hardy not getting minutes, but uh, Hardy has looked like way better in terms of his just confidence and <laughs> his confidence and just being confident. Right. And I think that's something that, you know, we didn't see a lot with the few young guys we had beforehand. And part of it is, I think the young guys now are way more talented than we've had in the past, but part of it is just, it, it feels like they've been, ha- they've been having time to bet in, which is something I felt like we wouldn't have had. Uh, seasons prior where we would have felt like oh we need to put omax in right now and throw him into the fire and so it's a nice change of pace and you know it's a good victory and you know um i don't know if you've seen that kendrick perkins clip but i mean luca luca loves playing the clippers and you know what oh yeah this might be the first year i would say i would not mind facing the clippers in the playoffs i don't want to I mean, I, it's that playing James with Harden fire. first quarter. That James Harden, you didn't watch it. James Harden had six free throws in the first quarter. Like he, the, he did the thing he always does, which he turns into he turns into dust because he's weak and he's the. <laughs> but you know, I, I just I don't want to do that. Like that, the the Mavericks still gave up a hundred and twenty six points. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> no, I, thank I, you. I, no, no, I mean, sure, I, I, I get it. I'm not saying they're like the first choice, but I'm saying I would feel more confident than I had been the, sure. the prior times. And again, it's a very, very, very long season. I just, I love so the you, confidence, though. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I definitely do not feel this way at all. Like, um, even in 2022, if we had faced the Clippers that year, I think I would have been terrified. I would have been mortified. So it, it's, it's a different feeling, right? There's a feeling of confidence within players and fans and, you know, even after a, like a bad loss like that against Toronto for the team to come back like this, I think is a good sign. And obviously still some tough games ahead. And, you know, everyone's talking about we need to see them against good teams. But this is th- this is the, not this a is, bad team like this is. And I love this win. This this felt very milestoney to me because I, I was worried they were going to get destroyed after the Toronto game and, and just how poorly they defended the paint and how poorly they came out and that they turned it around is really unbelievable to me. I'm delighted. 
it is. I think it's a combination of kid, you know, pushing the right buttons. I got to give kid his credit. He's been really good so far in the sure. season, um, just the rotations and, you know, getting guys to put effort in, right. Even if it doesn't always, you know, reap the rewards, like we're not having, you know, 32 point defensive halves. You can see guys putting effort in on both sides and then the players, right. They've just been executing um, even if, you know, maybe their confidence is not there or whatever the shots are falling. And I think it's great. So I, I don't really have much to complain. I'm just excited for Sunday. We'll see how it goes. Pelicans are a very interesting team. They've got lots. Of, it feels almost like a reverse mm-hmm. where it feels like the Pelicans should be better than they are. And, and I don't know. But they just Zion lost healthy. to Houston. It, you know, there's some – the Pelicans' weirdness just – you never know who you're going to get. And and Is they Zion could steamroll them. Yeah, he, he played a 90 at 34 okay. minutes, had 24 and 8. So – That'll be interesting because I don't think Luke and Zion have played a game against. Not each other, since like, it was one of it was one of the really rookie, high right? games where yeah. like Luka and KP needed to score a ton against them and they won, but it was it was it was a great game. It's great. Mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully they're both there. But I, I think the Rockets are they're a lot better than I thought they would be. Sure. I think they're much better defensively. Their offense is still a mess, but. It'll be interesting. This is fun. I don't mind the in-season tournament too. I don't know how other people are feeling. I, the I, point you know, differential who... stuff is is interesting because that's like that was an I think an impetus to get Luca back in the game when things got a little closer just to help close it out. And I like that. It's good. That point. yeah, that's it's very uh, European like tournament ripoffy. Yep. Where like uh, goal difference is what gets you, and it's cool, right? You don't win yep. the group, you still have a chance, right? You just that's have right. to win your game. So. It's a positive for both, so I'm interested to see what everyone else thinks, and hopefully everyone has a great night. Don't want to keep right. you too long, Kirk. You're the man. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. Yep. Take care. All right. Uh, so we got um, my guy Chris there, and then we got – ah, we got – I'm sorry. We we have we have friend of the show, Jason Gallagher. Uh, it's his birthday for another, like, 10 minutes, I think, so we have to, to bring him up on stage. Wish him a happy birthday. Isn't that right, man? Yeah. And I have you're, you're like 32 years old or some disgusting young age that I that's younger than me. How are you doing? I'm all right. I have COVID, everybody. Uh, and so I needed to interact with humans. It's it's nice to talk to people. Are you like sequestered in your house? Yeah. It's just me and this big, stupid fucking... Sorry. Me and I don't this care. Big, you can curse. This big, dumb plant my wife put in our bedroom. You have to see this. <laughs> Look at the size of this. Did you name it Derek Lively? I... I feel like I'm in the in Jurassic Park or something. Anyways, we're not here to talk about this plant, but my this is my desk area, and this plant is just in my business. Ridiculous. I just like see we we needed you to come back on the show so you can create more viral moments for yourself, yeah, which true. is really remarkable. Like this is how you know you're good at stuff, Jason. If you if you follow Jason on Twitter, he 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 turned his. Uh, his Derek Lively POD pun into an incredible clip that I really enjoyed. And then he had a second one tonight that he sent me, but Jason, I'm, I'm really glad you joined us. What'd you think of the show? What'd you think of the game tonight? I, I, I thought it was great. Obviously very positive love playing the Clippers, but the difference between what I've heard you talk about and the way I feel is I don't feel like this is a huge monumental win. Ooh, I don't. But that's, that's no shade on Dallas. Dallas has to win games like these. Mm. And them beating the shit out of the Clippers is positive. What's up to Mary back there? Um, and baby's honestly, over in the corner too. For, for you know, we we might we might bring him on the show for a minute. He watched the whole game, but yeah, keep going. 
Um, no, but it, it has more to do with the fact that I think the Clippers are bad, bad, oh. bad. Like really? Bad. Yeah. I mean, look, <clears throat> my general, uh, you know, feelings on the league as a whole over the last right. year and a half have been. Right. Oh gosh, how much? No, we're going. This is this is real life, man. Keep going. You and I just holding our babies right now. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, the way that I feel like the league is is um is just I don't think that you can just super team it with with scotch tape anymore. I think the teams are too talented, and any sort of like basketball dislike of the Kyrie trade last year, at least for me had to do with the fact that um, you can't scotch tape a super team mm -hmm. in that season. You needed him to resign, which he did, which means that it was all worth it. Um, but you need time. And like the Clippers, I mean, I, I just, it's a horrible fit. There's no continuity. They're bad. They're, they don't they're, run an offense either. It's like, offense. whose turn is it? It's like Paul George, I hate to say this out loud. Paul George would make an incredible Maverick with the team that they have right now, just yeah, because, because he's such a. There's complimentary right. pieces. Like, and I feel like he didn't do anything tonight because it was either the James Harden show. Kawhi was good, but not great. Yeah. And, and they just had no answer. And granted who does have an answer when Luca does things like that. Like yeah. that was a, that was a, like a, you know, this time it's personal kind of, kind of game. It was incredible. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think that that again, it's like it also was. But the thing that I liked about the game was that it it was a reminder of like, oh, um, Luca with a squad, and they've gone through a preseason or like a, a a you know a, a training camp and everything like, you know, and and people are generally healthy. That that typically means good things, and um, it was just sort of a reminder. I think I think it was just a reminder of how badly I don't. I hope we don't fall into traps of just trading very important rotation players. You know, again, I'm glad that the Kyrie thing worked out. It worked out. The Mavericks have when a pecking order. That it worked out. I just, I just think that when you look around the league and you see the continuity between some of the teams that have won, it, it usually are they're teams that have had a training camp together. Very important pieces. It's pretty rare. Well, um, it's it's comparing the two teams. There's a Maverick pecking order, which sometimes feels a little weird where Tim Hardaway is taking more shots than Kyrie, but the, the pecking order exists. Oh, here. Yeah. My wife, my wife would like the baby back. I there get it. Bud. All right. But that pecking order is very valuable over the course of the season because you don't have to hurt. You know, people's feelings aren't getting hurt. You're right. not massaging egos, you know, and, and if anything, all of us have wanted Kyrie to be a little more. Totally. That he's been and and I think the reason why is because I think he's just he's measuring how much he has in a given game and that's just fine but this level of I don't know sort of tiering of where I feel the Mavericks players can go where certain nights certain guys step up they all feel like they know what they're they're responsible for you know they and those paths being somewhat you know clear and then there's a lot of room for growth within those guys' roles. Like Chris Vernon says this a couple of times, and it's not, he didn't invent this phrase, but he says it more than anybody else that I think of where he says, being a star in your role. And the yeah. Mavericks have guys that I think can can fit that. You know, our, our first guest, Krishna, talked a little bit about Derek Lively. Lively was kind of boring tonight statistically, but I felt like he was really impactful to the game. And it's just every night, even, you know, Toronto lost aside, that was a pretty bad one. But even against the, the Nuggets, 
eight of nine games so far this year, I really feel like the Mavericks have had guys do things that they can build on and, and gives me a lot of confidence that the Mavericks can hit their stride at the right point in the year. Well, you know, and, and what you said about, about sort of getting, being able to set your own expectations at the beginning of the season, it's, it, you know, we're, we're all very hard on a kid, but it's, it's really difficult. I think he's done good. I think it's difficult to coach a team that's made a major offseason trade for for not just the on-court reasons. Kyrie and Luca are both incredibly talented. That's not it. It's that you can't – the expectations that you set at the beginning of the season are very crucial, very, very crucial. There was one t- one time that we had, we had a coach on, and he had talked about that very thing, that a team that he was coaching had made a trade – uh, and if it were up to him, that player would be, you know, playing a lot more. But there is an expectation that was set previously to when that player was there. So it's sort of difficult to navigate those waters. Um, and and again, it's like it. <clears throat> I think I'm so out on that building philosophy that sure. it makes me so out on the Clippers. Like, sure. And again, it, it like the Mavericks with Kyrie in a full off season, everything they look awesome. Like Kyrie looks awesome next to Luca. Like he. he he just does. And we, I, I'm with you. I don't think we've seen the best of it. Um, and so I, I don't know. I mean, obviously people are saying, you know, they haven't played anyone good, but this is the start of the, the, the only thing I'm going to push back on. This is the start of the NBA season. Yep. Every team's trying hard. Every team's trying hard. And we, we have maybe not played the best teams, but they are, we're not, it's not like we're playing these teams in February where people know the writings on the wall or whatever it might be. These teams are all trying to, to win. It's early. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm high on the, I'm high on the Mavs right now. I, I really, the, the, the rebounding bums me out. The big situation bums me out a little bit, but it's a fun group to watch. And it's a, it's a, it's again, it feels like a group that understands each other a little bit. I, I think that's right. So I need to ask you a question. So you, you're you, the show that you produce the, the old man in the three had an incredible guest this week an NBA commissioner, Adam silver, understanding that you guys talked about the, the, they talked about a whole bunch of topics on the show. I'm really curious for your take on the NBA midseason tournament, because this was a midseason tournament group play game. And it was important that the Mavericks actually get a win if they want to matter for that thing. And then the point differential apparently mattered. And I just, it was in the back of my head. It's not a forefront thing. I've talked a lot to, uh, to a lot of different Mavs fans and NBA fans that don't like it, but I, I, ju- I kind of do. I, I, Everything, none of this matters. Eat Arby's. Like, so like putting arbitrary stakes on this is a lot of fun. And, and, you know, for people that act like, oh, the NBA players aren't going to care. These guys like have walking contests. They're insane competitors. You could, you know, quarter flipping, whatever you want to call it. So, so what do you think of this so far? Yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, I I think in in large part, you know, there's always these trickle down effects Mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm holding a, um, a golf pencil. I was really hoping it was a cigarette. No, no, I wish I keep it by my desk though. Um, so, so, but the, the thing about like the, um, play in tournament, for example, I think we all like it, but I think a, a slight negative effect of it. Okay. Um, is that teams like the Miami heat and the Los Angeles Lakers actually make it pretty deep in the playoffs. And if you're a casual NBA fan, you're kind of like, well, why do I need to watch in November and December? If these teams are just turning it on in April, do I, does it really matter? And 
so I think that there's a little bit of that that effect going on. I I, I mean I I track things within our own YouTube channel and stuff like that, and I can I can tell that people seem to be somewhat fatigued over the normal talking points of like MVP and blah blah blah. And so I think a way to sort of just like add a jolt of something. I mean, the the way that these <clears throat> leagues and these in these important games and all this stuff it, it was all constructed over a over a time that was different in the world not to get yep. so big and existential but th- like this this whole model of 82 game season these types of playoffs and they happen here and then that was at the time that was like basic cable was running the show basic cable is not running the show anymore you are literally battling with a generation that is obsessed with 15 second videos and blah 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 like you have to pop and you have yep. to find more ways to pop and more ways to pop. And I shit on those courts, but it's something it's, it, you know, I don't mind the attempt if that makes sense. No, I mean, why? And, and so I. I'm, I'm pro it and, and you've been on this, but I, I watched, uh, I saw a clip of the end of the Sacramento Kings, Oklahoma city thunder game. And, um, <clears throat> Sacramento, you know, time was running out. They had the game in hand, but they were trying to jack up the, uh, point differential. So, um, so Harrison Barnes shot a three, even though they had the game one and he missed. Shock. Um, and then Sabonis got the rebound, passed it to Herter, and Herter held the ball. And you see Sabonis, international player, mm-hmm. uh, immediately just go like, shoot the ball. Like he's like screaming at him, shoot the ball. And they had the game one. They were just trying to jack up. So I love that. I love it too. And I th- I just think that especially come December when when the games start to be really fun, I think it's going to be – I think we, we've we seen the most boring of it, and I've quite enjoyed the most boring of it. So I, I, I'm just – there's a lot that that I, I get frustrated with. But I will say that I – you know, it's, it's very funny for me at least. Like most of NBA fan base, and you can just see this on any of these – like not to get too deep, but only like half of our fan base listens to the show, so that's fine. On like a political sphere, the NBA fan base generally tends to lean left. Okay. Yeah. So it's really funny to me that whenever Adam Silver attempts to do anything in the let's try something new, let's be, you know, progressive in the definitional sense of the word. Let's be most of NBA fandom is like, no, adhere to tradition. We must be. And it's just like, I I just don't care. Like, I want to watch good basketball. And tonight, I got great basketball in yeah, November. The Suns Lakers game was awesome too. I mean, it, 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 I, I don't know. It's I, been I, a great I, season. I, it's been a great season when the NBA needed one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And I just think that this, uh, I think that the tournament has been, I mean, I think the only thing sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to fix this, but I think that if there are some stakes that the fans mm. could feel, and by that, I sort of mean Tyrese Halliburton talked about like a playoff bid. I have no idea how you do that. Yeah. I think that there is in some ways an attempt to do this while not uh, changing rules so much that you wind up changing how you can compare it to history or whatever. And so right. that's probably where some of it's coming from. But at this point, it's like, fuck history, fuck all of that. I kind of think that that would make even a more world of difference. If, if you could get, if you could promise the winner something as substantial as that 
or something that again that the fan base because the the winner is like oh they get we get a trophy and then our players get a lot of money like i don't know jason gallagher doesn't really give a shit uh so so do you know what i mean i know players care and that's fun and i love that but i think that the next step of it is to figure out a way to make this incentives a little higher for the fans too Uh you know what i mean yeah well i had fun um i did ask you to come in here because i always like your takes and i don't want to keep you too long but i'm going to do our traditional do you have any more takes you'd like to get off are you are you gonna ask me a question i'm gonna ask you a question but it's not basketball related oh yeah yeah so uh, no, my my only takes was that is that I think the Clippers suck. I love it. So all right, now I'd like to to do the traditional mid show call to action, which is if you could like the stream and consider subscribing to Pod Maverick. Jason, could you tell us why liking the stream matters? Because I don't know. <laughs> well, liking the stream, it really, uh, the YouTube algorithm is a very uh, finicky woman, <laughs> and you just gotta. You got to figure it out every day and you got to show it some love. And um, I just, uh, I don't know. From <laughs> That's a great question of why. But it does help because it all of a sudden, like, if helps. 10 of you go like the stream right now, what will happen is six or seven more people will join the show and it becomes like a perpetual well, yeah. motion machine. So if I'm a casual Mavericks fan and yes. I get on YouTube and I Google um, – Clippers Mavs highlights. Um, if if Kirk has tagged this video correctly, mm-hmm. and if uh, there are a certain amount of likes, the likes allow your video to sort of climb the algorithm and make Kirk's video uh, a little bit more visible and things of that nature. So that's that's essentially why uh, it's important to like. Honestly, the comments also are just oh. helpful. Um, so those two things are very very helpful. So do those things. Um, subscribe to Kirk. I mean, look at him. He's got a freaking baby. Is 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 just crushing it right now. How could you not like this YouTube channel? We're we're, we're gonna we're we're multitaskers over at Mavs Moneyball. Right. So, Jason, you're the best. Thanks so much for spending part of your night with us. Hope you feel better and happy birthday. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Okay. Um, gonna punt to some ads real quick on the audio feed. I there's still a way for me to do this in the show, inserting a mid feed, but I don't know what I'm doing, so I will learn that. Our our uh, listener Jonathan sent me a video of how, but I just haven't learned. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coming up next is Chris, who's waited longer than he's ever had to wait to join this show before. Chris, what's going on, <laughs> my guy? 
No, I've, I've waited longer before. There, there are times I've been at the very end when we're doing those Spotify lives. Yeah. H- hanging in there. Um, congrats, congrats, by the way, on the new addition to your family. I haven't had a chance to say this yet. So thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I haven't had many shows because I was just like so whooped. I should have done like if I would have done one the night of the den because he was born the day after the day before the Denver loss. I should have done one that night just to see how much I could get away with. But I didn't want yeah, I didn't want my wife that, to kill yeah, my me. My second child, it was it was an easier go. That first the first one, my son. Oh my gosh, it was brutal. The first like three months. That's where um, I am. So, but with well, this game, uh, God, I just it didn't feel good at first. But I swear to God, it feels good to take him to the woodshed and stop a mud hole in them. Man, the way Luca is just. Is he averaging 33.2 points a game against the Clippers? That's like top six or top seven all time on a, a player averaging against a team. So that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And um, and honestly, dude, I hope and pray to the basketball guys that we play the Clippers in the playoffs. And I know it's early in the season, but I swear to God, dude, I'm, I'm still pissed off about that 2021 uh, playoffs. Uh, game six, we're up 18. Rick Carlisle takes out Luca. I just – having some, you know, bad memories about that. So I would like to see them in the playoffs and dismantle them and blow that team up like we did uh, the Utah Jazz. Uh, Not really the Suns. I mean, we beat the Suns out, but we didn't break their team up. But I would love to – your opinion here, what do you think about James Harden? If he has – it's probably going to happen another bad season or this the team, let's say they don't even make the play-in. And they're probably going to make the playoffs, but let's yeah. just say they have a bad season or, or first round next. It. Do you think he's back in the NBA next year? He's an unrestricted free agent. I mean, yeah, but it's, he, so it's such a difficult, yeah. weird thing for him because he's he's a Hall of Famer, but he's yeah. been on he's been on one sixth of the league now, and yeah. that just doesn't happen like this. Like Shaq obviously played for a ton of teams. You know, uh, LeBron played for four teams now. I think there's only three. Whatever. the The point is, though, is that this is this is messy, and yeah. he is uncomfortably strange with how he's been. And I just, I'm glad we don't have to. I'm glad we don't have to think about him. Could you imagine? Like, the, there's a Kyrie element of this where when Kyrie joined the team, I was legitimately worried. And so far, those worries have not been founded whatsoever. And versus James Harden, he joins the team and they can't win a game. That's mm-hmm. how like they've they're 0 and 3 in his starts. They and- ruined their chemistry. And on top of that, I looked at the trade details and I mean they gave up a lot. I think that they gave up a lot for what they're obviously they're getting. They gave up four player, I mean these rotation players, and they gave yeah. up some first round picks. Yeah. Pick swap, second round picks. I mean it's wow. dangerous. So- they're if once they're bad, they're going to be generationally bad in a way yeah. that's kind of hard to contextualize they just take these short these shortcuts real quick that they think that it just doesn't work that way they were really good a couple of years ago that team that they had they should have just kept them together but you know with the Mavs and all um I'm hoping they give Omax a little bit more minutes I know he's not was he six seven he's pretty big guy but he's, he's a big man big big guy I really pick and choose when he can get into the game and just get some reps in uh that's nice to see him you know he made just one point tonight, but still I'm kind of su- surprised Rashawn Holmes isn't playing as much. Maybe is he washed up to you in your opinion? I just don't think he fits what they want to do defensively and they're already bad. And so it makes everything else worse. Yeah, that's that's kind of my take. Center, man. Like we're lively. What happens if he rolls his ankle and is out in a few games or just 
gets injured well, and he's out 10 games. I mean, we're, we're in trouble. Like, yeah, I mean, that's where I think, um, I, I think the Mavericks make a trade for a veteran big at some point, someone yes, else, but I don't know I who. So. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm really hoping Tim Hardaway Jr. keeps right having that stock rise. No matter how good he plays, man, I, I seriously want him traded. Like, I just hope that we can get something for him. And I'm talking about something. I mean, sure. we need a backup center. Sure. And, you know, throw Josh Green. It just depends on what we can get. But what do you think about a player like Daniel Gafford? Someone just. Oh, I would have loved him as a like period like that. There's like nine dudes you could list off and I'd probably go. Yeah, sure. Just it's, But if you try to go for Washington, they're not even going to be a good team. Like they would want draft picks. They're not going to want. Right. I mean, I don't and know we should. Long. And I'm of, you know, what Jason Gallagher just talked about a little bit where he's like, I don't like how the Clippers have built. I think the Mavericks need to have draft picks in reserve. At the rate that we're going, the Dallas Mavericks do not have their 2024 pick. It will go to the Knicks. Right, right, yeah. Then I'm pretty sure the Mavericks would have their 2025 pick and their 2027 pick to use in trades. But this is way early for this. But look at how Denver built. Denver sent off one of their best players to the Indiana Pacers. They just let him go. And they replaced him so far with draft guys. And look at what the Mavericks have, that one of their most bright spots, a guy from the draft. The NBA draft is filled with so many talented players year over year. You know, this next year, we're, if the Mavericks miss the, the lottery this year, which we hope they do, this is going to be one of the heart, like, I think this will be not like a weak draft, but a draft where the consensus is not there. And that there's just so many good guys year in and year out, where if you're drafting in the 20s, you can get a decent player. You just need to have the pick to take the player. Thank so. God we missed the playoffs last year. Just, just with that pick and just the player we got. I mean, obviously it was torture last year, but wow. I'm just so glad we missed the playoffs last year. Not, you know, this, I, I know we're not going to, I mean, it would have to be catastrophic. Like Luca getting injured, Kyrie getting injured, throwing in the towel, you know, 60 games in or something. I, I just don't see that happening, but um, is there a player that you have off the top of your head? I mean, when can we actually do like a full blown trade? Like some of our guys, are they limited on when they could be traded? Like December, middle December or something? I I'm mean, sure they are. I might ask CBA Mavs, Scott, if you're listening to this at some point, let's let's give us a, give us a primer on this. I don't want to say anything I'm wrong. If there's a player out there that would, you know, you would throw Hardaway in, you would throw mm-hmm. uh, right. Josh Green in, uh, maybe even I don't know. I like Derek Jones Jr., but if you got to. Nah, he's he's too cheap to trade. Like his salary's not oh, enough. Okay, okay, okay. That's the real hard. So yeah. But yeah, we just need to keep racking up wins like we're doing. I mean, if we say we're seven and two, I mean, I'm <laughs> in the beginning of the season. I mean, it's like we're starting out good. We're beating bad teams. I mean, we lost against Denver by nine. I mean, and they were hitting all the shots on us. And then even even in that last game against the Raptors, I mean, we didn't have lively. So I'm not making excuses, but we just there if lively's not in the game, the game plan against the Mavs is just a just attack the basket because Dwight Powell's down there. And we just, we've got to get a backup center. So all the other teams that are playing us, are not going to go in that mindset where we can just drop, you know, just attack the basket because it's Dwight Powell down there. So, yeah. But, so oh, we yeah, gotta, Brian we, shout out to him. Did you see that, that pregame uh, rant he did on James Harden? Yeah, I did. Um, I liked what he was going for. It's not my thing. Um, I don't really. Yeah, he, love he that. just had that. Bro. You just. Had I don't that really get it. Up. It's like he's not wrong. He's at, yeah. in fact he's correct. It's just I didn't like. Where did that come from? 
Like why? It's just like all all at once in a two minute video is like, yeah. damn, that's that's crazy. So yeah. I don't know. I was hoping that Harden didn't see that before the game because then he would go off on us. But you know, thank God. Uh, you know, always fun to beat the Clippers. Like I said, I hope we play them in the playoffs. <laughs> so we got yeah. All right. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate you hanging out. Okay. All right, so we got a gentleman in the chat that wanted to let me know. Like, I'm wrong on the particulars, and he's – I kind of knew that I was. Uh, my point being is that I want this dang um, – I want this dang Knicks pick to convey already just so it can open up some possibilities for the Mavericks to have trade assets down the line. I want them to use the draft picks on players uh, when they have a draft pick, but I would rather have the draft pick – as an asset than not and what you know the the mavericks have built their team in such a way to where they can't really do that um but it's still what i hope for anyway but thank you for the correction all right leo what's going on man hi mr kirk uh how much have you been sleeping uh, just yeah. to start off yeah you know like uh baby sleeps pretty good uh chunks of time but the problem is is like you get like rem sleep after like four hours and i don't think i've gotten rem sleep in like two weeks so oh well Mavs, uh, Mav stuff is, has, uh, prepared me for this sleepless nights on the East coast. I'm guessing That's, well, and that and playing video games like an idiot, you know, I mean, I, I did have a baby seven years ago, but he's, and he never slept. So it's, it's, it's been training, you know, all leading up to this, just never sleeping again and getting slowly dumber with every passing day. Ooh, you're not making That's okay. that much, a great thing to look forward to, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you thinking, man? What's going on? Well, we're a tenth through a tenth of the way through the season. I just wanted to know any uh, any narratives you're trying to push, anything that you feel you want to take a victory lap on. Uh, looking Nothing. at AP, no. I mean, the only thing I was really hoping for for the season was that Lively would be ready by the second half of the year. He's clearly ready right now, so that's that's a great win for the Mavericks. Um, I've been pretty wrong about Omax playing early. Uh, I wish he was a little more ready. That's fine. I'm trying to think what else Luca looks really darn good. Um, But that's kind of a, kind of a given. I'm trying to think about any uh, like scorching takes during the summer. I'm really glad, you know, I, I I had mentioned a lot during the preseason that six and four was what my hope was for, for the first 10 games. And the worst they can do in these first 10 games is seven and three, because they're currently seven and two. Um, So getting off to a great start feels good. I'm sure the Mavericks wanted that themselves, but it just hadn't happened in kid's coaching career. This is the best start he's had by a country mile. So, Would you say his adjustments have also been the best and to start off the season? I don't know, because the, the thing that they've done the best, I think, is change Luca's rotational minutes to where he's only playing parts of the parts of every quarter instead of entire first and third quarters and then six minutes in the in the uh, second and fourth i think that's really helps um the 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 offense isn't as good in the first but then it's a little more high powered in the fourth and like that sort of element to change the rotations for luca because that's something he has to agree to frankly as a super duper duper star is pretty is pretty amazing um i'm glad it's worked out so far and i'm interested to see how long they can push it and uh, another one of your takes you actually got right was uh, Dante Exum has looked like what Josh Green is supposed to be on offense. He is a connecting tissue and he drives to the basket. Today was the first game that we really saw that, though. This was a really good uh, Dante Exum game. I'm, I'm glad for him. And uh, maybe we're just riding off the high and drinking off the Kool-Aid. But, I mean, I, I'm going to be real, man. Omax didn't look horrible on Kawhi. He was a big body. And He's honestly, a big we guy. need big bodies. 
Mm-hmm. I, I even if they're playing him at four at power forward, I just want to see some minutes with him. Maybe he doesn't need to get the ball in situations where he can shoot or do anything, but just like being an enormous person is of value. And then a uh, final thing just before I get off. Is there like a dream person you're looking forward to? Uh, I know for uh, uh, 21 going on 77, their dream guy is uh, OG. Do you have like a dream person you want on the team that you think would lift this team into a higher tier? No, I'm a garbage can when it comes to trades. Josh Bow and I are probably the worst two people in mass media about that. Like Dalton always has like 35 people that he would like to trade for. Um, I just want another functional big that looks like he can play because I think Maxi and and Dwight Powell, like I think Maxi is is totally. Maxi is done done to me. Now I hope he turns it around. I hope I'm wrong. Dwight Powell can still steal you 12 minutes a game, but uh, they just need somebody else. Oh, I did say the last thing was a fine thing, but I think this is my final thing. Uh, I think DJJ might be like the steal of the offseason with I mean, his he, contract it, and what he's giving. I don't know what the other candidates would be through 10 games, but in my, I'm sort of wondering if he's not somebody that could be considered for most improved player. Like, he looks Kelly amazing. Olenek? I mean, Kelly Olenek, that's a good one. Because, I mean, yeah. he's scoring what? He's the only other player scoring 20 points coming off the bench. He's helping out a 6-1 and one Sixers team. I, sure. But, I mean, DJJ, the defense that he brings, the size deficit that the Mavericks are currently at, and the offense that he's bringing, I, I, I'm i hard-pressed to say who else is supposed to come off the bench for him. No. Who knows? All right. Thank you, Mr. Kirk. Hope you get Good man. Soon. Talk soon. All right, coming up last, and then I'm going to go to bed because I can hear um, the baby upstairs, is my guy, Brandon. Brandon, welcome back to the show. What's up, my guy? I'm good, Kirk. Are you doing well? I am well. What do you got for us tonight? Man, Luke is looking thin and hitting his free throws and he's nice so i mean how can a mass fan complain he did but he only took four free throws tonight doesn't that seem wild to you with how many points he scored yeah that is crazy but you know it's crazy that he shot a tech uh, a technical uh, he really? you know what i mean that's 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 probably the first time in a long time yeah i don't remember the last time because i think i sometimes feel like kid chooses people for technicals that he wants to get going not guys who are going to score the point, but like he let Tim Hardaway shoot one tonight, and like Tim's a really weird free throw shooter. Yeah. Sometimes he just can't hit stuff, and I, I I like that. That's important. That's an interesting observation. I like that. Yeah, it seems like in the past it would have been Tim and maybe Kyrie that was shooting them, but hey, he's putting a little bit of confidence in the guy. I hope, but sure. he, he's looking good. But you know what? I was thinking about uh, Jaden Hardy, and I, I feel like his growth would probably come on another team because. He, he's trying to split minutes with a guard heavy, you know, rotation. And plus him, he needs to kind of create his own shots and him playing on the side of Luca or, or Kyrie or even Tim, somebody guys that are ball dominant, you know, he's not really going to get that chance to, you know, really develop into the score that he could be. So I kind of wonder if this is like, like even maybe a showcase for him to where teams could say, Hey, maybe we can do something with this guy. I think there's something to your take, but I will say that I think that he, the Mavericks have put him in multiple positions to do well this year. And like today was probably, it was a mixed bag of a game. He had 11 points in 12 minutes, which is actually quite good. But then he had two really bad turnovers and you know, you hate to nitpick at a guy, but I think where he struggles is if he has to make it's, it's like a, it's like a read option in football. Like he, when he makes the quick decision, he normally makes a good decision when he has time to size up. I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, no, no. Cause he's not quick enough 
to really like make multiple moves. But when he commits to a dry, like he's a great cutter. He got a ball like a couple of times tonight where he had uh, like slashing layups to the hoop that were fantastic. Uh, I think the Mavericks have made him look more competent than he is. And I don't mean to say he's like, he's bad, but it's, it's like when he makes like, we saw him during summer league when he has the ability to dribble, it's like, Oh no, this is too much. So I, I'm I'm really I like the role that they have for Hardy. I wish that role would expand, but I would want it to be the same role that I sort of apply to Tim Hardaway, which is if you get the ball in your open, shoot it. If you have a lane, drive. Otherwise, move the ball. Don't hold it. That don't let the ball stick. Does that make any sense? It do. It do. But you know what? I was thinking, man, that just think about Dennis Smith Jr. He wasn't able to develop along Luca because those were two ball dominant guys, sure. and I think. I think that's kind of what hindered his growth as an NBA player is that he was kind of like, you know, Hardy. He was able to cook, but when it comes to actually the flow of the game, that's not his thing. And it's the same thing with Hardy. They're shoving his, you know, trying to shove him to a position where the flow is good, but he's not interesting take. I, I, yeah. Because he's like, he's not going to get the chances on these Mavericks. Like, that's just the nature of it. It's not that he's not good enough. I mean, he's not good enough. But that's not that's not why he's not getting the chances. It's because the other guys are so much better. But, you know, and, and think about some of the other guys that in the past that were kind of not good players, but when they went to another team that excel, like, you know, Crowder, he, he definitely excelled at because like right after he left Dallas and went to Boston, he excelled. Do you remember? Do you remember who they were playing over him? God, Richard Jefferson. Oh wow! I remember because I'm like I liked Jay Crowder at that time, and yeah. he just never got minutes, and that's why he got sent off in the balls in the in the now Dwight Powell trade. Mm. They kind of shoved him over in the corner and tried to make mm-hmm. him a jump shooter, but then they, he got to Boston. He was able to kind of figure out his game. But um, and, and one more thing, Kirk. Well, I was talking to somebody in the, well, I was uh, communicating with somebody in the previous show, and I was thinking, who's the most improved player bring coming back from last season on the Mavs team? And I think my early pick would be Tim because hmm. um, he's shooting a lot better, and I think he's taking smarter shots. I think in the past he was more shooting out of force, but now he's shooting more purposeful shots. I like this. I mean, it's when Tim is, you know, someone made a joke in the last show that like a two for 17 night for Tim is coming, (laughs) which I think they're probably true. But I I still I've just always had a soft spot for Tim. I'm not really rational about him. I just I like him. Um, He never gets too high or gets too low, which I think is pretty important. He did a show with JJ Reddick several years ago uh, when he when he was with the Mavericks, but it was like 2020. That just stuck in my head about how he could play off the bench or as a starter. And I think like his sort of willingness to embrace different roles has been pretty important for the Mavericks. I talked a little bit earlier about how this team has like a tiered system of got you know you got Luke at the top of the pecking order and just guys that are willing to accept the role like Tim has and also take advantage of the jumpers and and the shots that are available is really, it's just nice to see. It is nice to see, but it's also nice to see that Dallas isn't going for the home run. I mean, like Denver has good players, but think about this. They have role players too. Dallas has two good players and they have a bunch of role players. So I feel like as long as they don't try to hit the home run and just shit, they can, they can progress. Well, and like they got Aaron Gordon, like my friend is talk over at D magazine one time used the example of like, well, the Aaron Gordon trade has not been there for the Mavericks. 
Well, like Aaron Gordon was coming off of a contract where he was paid as the one as like the one a guy for a, a team when he's his best served is like as the third option. Right. And right. they didn't want to pay him that money because he shouldn't have been that person. Like there's not there hasn't been a guy like that for the Mavericks because until the Mavericks got Kyrie, they didn't they didn't have a second guy. So it's like you don't want to overpay for the wrong second guy. You know, it's like building guys that fit into their roles is important. And like the the Nuggets just have like they're so deep. And, you know, they got like they got lucky with MPJ because I don't know if you remember this, but Michael Porter Jr. was for the most of the year, at least in the United States, like high school. Uh, he was the number one high school player of that group of guys. Right. The only reason he slipped in the draft is because he had. He's had a, he had an ACL tear and then he had back problems, back problems, which have basically like the the back problems have continued to to work like he's worked through them, but like that's risky, and it's you got to get lucky sometimes in the draft. That's why like all of us still kind of get bitchy about you know Desmond Bain because that would have been a luck pick. Like sometimes it's just good right. to be lucky. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty delighted about where the the team building has gone though because. I, I went from being very concerned about their long-term ability to like build a team and navigate out of a corner. And right. now I feel like they have a lot of opportunities, but I don't want them to sell on anybody right now. Like I like this team. And it would be sad for them to sell. I mean, to like let go of these guys where they're still, they're so young and they're still in the developmental stage. And I mean, like why sell them when you can actually develop these guys into what you want them to be mm-hmm. into some type of Mavericks culture. Mm-hmm. Either in you know front court or you know kind of that guard heavy rotation, letting them go before really seeing what their upside is. Sure. I well, I mean that's why the Josh Green of it all. I've had lots of people like messaging me tonight on Twitter. Where it's like we got to move him, and I'm like Josh Green turns 23, so it's now the 11th. He turns 23 on Thursday. Like, <laughs> do you, no. Like as much as he drives me nuts, I'm not moving Josh Green this year. Not for unless it was an absolute home run. Like the guys just we got them under a deal that you want. You want to see what guys are capable of. Where the Mavericks have made mistakes in the past mm-hmm. is they didn't move Maxi when they could have. They didn't move, you know, they ended up getting Kyrie for for um Dorian Finney Smith to a degree, but they had to send a pick along with it. It's like Sometimes you you got to get you got to get lucky in trades. That's one thing we don't talk near enough about. Is that like there's a lot of luck involved in this sort of stuff. And, and one more thing, Kirk. If you think sure. about just like the Mavs, just just history, like a lot of their the players that ended up being good, they weren't great as young players. Like Devin, he he missed a lot of shots. Berea couldn't get off the bench. Even you know a lot of the if you go back to like Sam Perkins, he didn't get a lot of time until he you know kind of that last year before he went to the Lakers. But I mean, it just took time for those guys to develop. And you know, right now we have that raw talent, and this is like once again what if and if they let it go to just be another you know mistake by the Mavs letting go of potential talent so I'm just kind of hoping that you know knock on wood Mark doesn't go for the home run like he typically does and you try to let these guys kind of gel into something that's right well and so far that something has gelled at a seven and two start I'm feeling really delighted about the way the season's gone yeah shout out to skinny Luca. <laughs> that's right that's right well Brandon thanks so much for joining thank you Kurt all right, team. This has been a nice show. 45 minutes, 50 minutes is a great length. Um, I'll be back on Sunday night. We have an earlier game, so we'll probably maybe talk for a little bit longer. Who do they play? I should know this. Oh, well, they play somebody on Sunday. It'll be uh, me and Josh back on the show. Head over to MavsMoneyWall.com. we got a piece coming up from Isaac 
uh, in the morning that I'm looking forward to uh, about that really great run in the second quarter. Uh, we'll have an, you know a couple of other posts. Thanks so much for spending time with us. This has been Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball and Pod Maverick. Please remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment, and or uh, leave a review. Talk soon, guys. Bye. Go Mavs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.